0: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass
1: And hey, what's it gonna do? It doesn't matter
0: how you're doing Woo! Wheel of dealing Living this life jet flag! Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Would you please Shut
2: the hell up You don't know what hard times are, daddy The cream will rise to the top Oh yeah Oh yeah Look at the rubble what up, what up, everyone? It's another week of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike coming here from Milwaukee, sitting here with my buddies. We're going to be talking some pro wrestling as usual this week, but let's introduce the boys real quick. Uh, down in Glendale, our friend Steve Grubschmidt, always keeping it real. How are you, Grubby?
1: I am the genius, Steve Grubschmidt, the world's smartest man.
2: <laughs> That's a good one. Very nice. And the birthday boy, freshly squeezed, Matt Michelson.
0: Hello, I am Matt.
2: Wow. Now that's what I'm talking about.
0: Tribute to my new best friend, Elias. I don't know if you guys heard the story.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna we might Let's have to do that for the for the listeners. Uh so we got uh it was our good friend here, Matt's birthday this past Sunday. Happy birthday once again, buddy. Thank and you, uh thank you. his lovely girlfriend Becky gave him one of the best gifts of all time, I'd say, and got him a cameo from none other than Elias. It's Unbelievable.
0: true. Unbelievable. It's true. It yeah, just... I I I was so surprised by this in the best way possible. So I'm a big fan of Cameo, and a few months back, I had just kind of casually mentioned it to her um, just as something entertaining when I was sitting on the couch, and she remembered it and was perusing it, I think, a couple weeks ago, I want to say the beginning of October, and uh, just trying to decide, okay, he is really into Cameo. Who should I get him a Cameo from? And for those of you who are into Cameo, Biggie is by far one of the most popular guys on Cameo. Um, so I you know, I had a hunch maybe that you know it would be something from him. Um, I wasn't aware that Elias was on there. And for those of you who haven't heard any of Elias's cameos, they are fantastic. Um, I was really, really surprised. It was super personalized. Um, you know, he went into quite detail on the status of Becky and I's relationship in true heel <laughs> fashion. Um, but that's okay, Elias. You're still my bro. And, you know, I like to think what goes around comes around, which we'll get to when we talk about the match you had at Hell in a Cell. But um, oh. yeah, oh yeah, there's some heat here. So uh, for those of you who uh, listen to the podcast regularly, I think if you go back to episode eight, um, I actually introduced myself using Elias's theme song. And as we were recording the podcast that night, uh, Becky, my girlfriend, actually, and I just found this out this weekend, she was terrified that somehow I was onto her. And I had found out that there was this cameo from Elias to me. Um, and I think we actually talked about Elias for a few minutes and don't worry, bro. It was all good stuff. Uh, Cause we speak the truth, but yeah. Um, really great surprise. I, I got a new best friend out of it. Really excited. It was a good weekend.
2: You mind if and we I... play it for the people?
0: Well, we we can throw it up on the Instagram. For yeah. those of you who yeah. are up for a little bonus material or Wanted, haven't checked us out on instagram before we'll give you a little something to keep coming back so there you go that's we'll post a, good a call. link to that cameo on Instagram. i will
1: can well. i can i prov- can i provide some breaking news sure elias is not available currently on cameo i assume because that coincides with his return to the ring so um that makes it even more of a valuable uh uh present you got there because you can't go i couldn't go do it right now i couldn't go get him because he's not available That's right.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think for those of you who follow wrestling really closely, you've probably heard there's a lot going on right now with the legality behind wrestlers having a cameo account, a Twitch account, and how that ties into their WWE contract. So I I think this cameo was purchased before all of this started to occur. So yeah, Steve, like you said, I I think I'm uh, possessing a very rare piece of media at the moment. Yes. but Elias, I, I got to give you a shout out, because if this was your last one, man, way to go out in style.
1: I love it. You know, I mean, I've done Cameo. Uh, I think I mentioned it on a previous episode, but we did for a friend for his wedding. And um, yeah, it's just now I've seen two of them personalized, you know, one that I did, one that you for you. And it's just so great that when when they get into it, I mean, like I was really impressed with Elias because it was what a good four and a half minutes or something, where he just kept going, and it was great. It was, um, I don't know. I, I remember when I did mine, I was like nervous as hell because it was not cheap. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, what if they just kind of mail it in, or they just kind of read what you wrote and nothing more? But it's yeah, super had, great to he, he went into like it, a
2: backdrop and everything too. Yeah, he was on a stool, it felt like Uncle Rico. You know, when he was getting like the the picture taken from deb and napoleon dynamite like which which uh background should i do and it just fit his outfit great definitely got your money's worth hats off to becky big shout out to her
0: yeah definitely
1: yeah and i and and uncle rico's a listener so thanks for listening uncle rico yeah thank you it's a little shout out yeah, we got a lot to cover, boys.
2: We have um, Hell in the Cell to get to from the WWE that just took pay- place this last Sunday. There was a lot of title changes, but before we get to that, we want to cover a little AEW wrestling. Uh, we had the number one contender tournament happen on AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday, and boy, oh boy, was it awesome. Yeah, Um yeah, I thought it was a really, really awesome dynamite. A lot of great moments. Um, probably the best moment of all. What do you think, boys? Wardlow is he uh, is he forging ahead as like one of the top guys now? Or I would,
1: what? I would say it's a solid B performance. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, you know, it's good for a big man. Good for a big Dude, man. Dude, come no, on. No, he was really good. Yeah. Can I say one thing? can I say one thing about like, there's some friends of mine I was talking to about this tournament. Did I say this last week? Maybe I did, but anyway, stop me if I did, but they were kind of bitching that it's like, what's the point of this whole tournament when yeah. you kind of know where it's headed. And right. I, it, you know, is just one giant setup for Omega and uh, hangman? And I just, I don't know. I think that's missing the whole point. Like, like, the journey itself is like the fun part. I think, yeah, Wardlow, like, I mean, they let off with Wardlow. I thought that was kind of cool. That's, you know, the lead off of a show is an important match because that's what kind of oh, hooks yeah. you. And he did well, not disappoint.
2: And they've done that before with Wardlow and Jungle Boy when it was Jurassic Express and Wardlow and MJF. So, I mean, they have trust in them, guy. I mean, Cody definitely trusts them because when we yeah. saw Wardlow for the first time, that was in the cage match where he did a backwards moonsault off a thirty foot cage in the wardlow's uh arms. So, you know, they yeah. trust the big man. And I mean, come on guys, you gotta give me a little credit, a little pat on the back. I've been with Wardlow day one. These F tens, they make Brock Lesnar's F fives look like a tea party.
1: Yeah, it's it's plus five. They're not even yeah.
0: half they're not even half the move yeah. the F ten is well yeah. that's
2: five more apps on yeah. that finisher. Yeah. It,
0: yeah, that actually that's true. They're exactly half the move. The F ten. I mean, but, you, you
1: know what I say to Brock? F Yeah. Big time. What does the F five even mean? Is that isn't, wait? Is that? That's like isn't that a type of tornado or something? What F five? What? Yeah. Isn't that, it's, a, yeah. It's basically, he's throwing oh. Bill
0: Paxton at you.
1: Yeah. Shit. God rest his
2: soul. Twister. Great movie. Yeah.
0: Such a good movie. I, yeah, I was I was pretty pumped up when Wordlow and Jungle Boy opened up the show, mostly because. Um, this last week, uh, I was actually helping Mike out for our listeners at home, uh, just moving some stuff. He's in the process of moving from an apartment to a house that he just picked up recently, which is a great thing. But we had just finished moving everything when Dynamite started. And the first match to come on was Wardlow versus Jungle Boy, as you know if you watch the show. And Mike, in his best Joy Styles voice, was like, he's opening the show?
2: <laughs> nice. I was pumped. I mean, I felt, I mean, honestly watching AEW dynamite and just like, I, I really appreciate Matt helping me. So it was cool to watch it with a friend just to like, kind of make it feel like the old days watching wrestling with your buddies. (laughs) Yeah. Like in a uh, normal world. Yeah. Seriously. I've kind of forgot what that's like, but I, I was really fired up. I mean, all the moves I was into, that was like the one match that I was really excited about. And honestly, Honestly, I was behind the bar. We were just chit chatting. I kind of took my eyes off the match, and we heard the bell ring, and we both looked over, like with our jaws dropped, like "What? It's over!" And Wardlow is the winner. I was so pumped. I'm pretty sure I was like, "Suck my dick, boys," because you said that oh. we weren't gonna, uh, Wardlow wasn't gonna do uh, win this match. But did we say that? Total confidence.
0: Uh, you can listen to it I back. Thought- I thought
1: oh, yeah. we'll I thought he to, got
0: Charlie, past round one. Yeah, we'll have Charlie to catch like,
1: episode ten because
0: Charlie. Sure we
2: Charlie didn't. was like, you know, you're he's not going to win that, right? And I'm like,
1: well, but but that's no, Charlie. Not. That's not us. You, Charlie you can't paint count. a broad brush here. Yeah. yeah. All right, and we Charlie can say can that because, because we know now Wardlow is not going to, to make, it. Gonna make it past the next round. But I think uh, that's that's a story for a different day.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. So so, admittedly, to to be real here for a second, I. I do feel like this match was the hardest one to call out of the entire tournament. I think the rest of the matches are pretty obvious. If you know that Kenny Omega and hangman page is going to be the final match, you can kind of back your way into it. But with this match with jungle boy, Wardlow, you have a classic David and Goliath match. And we've seen a lot of underdog stories in pro wrestling since the beginning of time. So this truly could have gone either way. I think it was a smart move, booking it with Wardlow to win. Mike likes them. And that's for good reason. he, he he's a huge guy. He's got some real agility to him. Great move. Yeah, score.
1: he's legit. He is. So, and you know, I, I cannot saying. wait for the day that he turns on MJF cuz you know he's going to be baby face galore. Oh,
2: big time. Do you think oh. he's juicing? Do you think he's on roids no, or I don't think think anybody's he's all juicing. natural? All yeah. natural.
0: A death metal entrance theme song just that'll get anybody fired up.
2: He even gave the people the RVD, the thumbs to the back at the end, too. Wardlow, nice. come on. Guys, I even looked at awshop.com to see what kind of T-shirts he has, and they suck pretty bad. I'm not ready to um, buy a T-shirt. Commit, yeah. Yet. But, we'll just wait till um, he's the world champ. Oh, my God. He's going to have to up his, I mean, his, the style of his shirts are not mine. It's kind of like a Jeff Hardy, like affliction kind of looking. Oh, yeah. st- uh, that's just not me. I mean, you're
1: a man that with class that wears like a pirate hat and stuff. You, you can't yeah. wear some like grungy shirt. Pur- purple
2: Velveteen yeah. Dream t-shirt. Too bad about that. Cause I love Velveteen Dreams merch, but I don't know if I can be repping the set like that anymore. Yeah. But speaking of repping the set. Uh Joey Janella did not show up against his match with Kenny Omega. Um uh, me and Matt were both kind of confused about that. You he heard why though a... yeah, he okay. came down with... and that's what we thought. Uh I think he came down with COVID, right? And they were trying to um test him leading yeah, up to the be... match, and it was yeah. just kind of like a game decision our game time decision and you know makes sense to throw sunny kiss in there but you know it was a squash match i mean kenny omega's entrance was outstanding oh my
1: gosh the evolution yeah now it's like holy crap they're going all in on this guy right badass
2: oh dude i i mean i've said it in the past just like they're i mean i'm just really so excited to see the progression of kelly or kenny omega's um solo path that he's going to take now and this like just kind of set it off i'm like, right okay, on this it's go time baby and i mean it took up some time because joey janela and kenny's match was supposed to probably be way longer than Sonny's. do you think so
1: or was there I any chance so. is there any chance that joey janela would have eaten the kick and gotten the uh, one winged angel i mean do you think the same thing was planned for joey i could i i, I will never know but i don't know
2: that would be almost too disrespectful to Joey Janela.
1: Ugh.
0: I don't know. I I thought it was actually – I could have seen this match going either way, whether it was Joey Janela or Sonny Kiss. I do think with Sonny Kiss being inserted into the match, I think it went off a lot better. Um, just because if you think about it from a ranking standpoint, and because that's how AEW likes to drive a lot of these matches, I, I don't know if Sonny Kiss or Joey Janela is ranked higher or lower than each other. Um, I think the rankings on AEW's website only show the top five, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I want to say Sonny Kiss is probably more in the undercard than Joey Janela is. So, I, I mean, regardless of whoever Kenny, Omega cause he's is mostly tag teamed, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I, like I was going to say, regardless of who Kenny Omega is going to go up against, you know, he's going to win. Um, So, but in the way that they did this match, they did more in three minutes with Kenny Omega than I feel like he's done in the last three months. So, yeah, really well booked. Uh, It was a squash match, which I believe I called on last week's episode as being how this match was going to go down. So, shout out to myself there, I guess. But I I can't,
1: I I don't recall.
0: I I don't, I honestly don't (laughs) recall.
2: I called it a over. stomp match. I called it a stomp yeah. match. I was kind of getting a little yeah, loose with these jack honeys, and I was like, "Oh my God, stomp
1: match!" I sound like an amateur over here. Well, like, you can, I, I think I think if there's such a thing as a stomp match, we just saw it last week. So I think you're vindicated. Yeah,
0: we totally did. Yeah. So this match was booked, I think, perfectly. The The result was right. I love Sonny Kiss's reaction at the end with Kenny Omega's trying to put him over like, hey, yeah, yeah, you did a good job of holding his hand up, pointing at him. Yeah. Sonny Kiss is not having it the no. whole time. Um, the, I think the one part of this match that was both hilarious and maybe the worst part at the same time was just the look on Kenny Omega's face after he gets the pinfall and just kind of has this dead stare into the camera it's like a great white shark on shark week where you just see the eyes and it's like dead eyes
1: oh yeah yeah no I love that um you know in like the 80s and like the the more cartoony wrestling era when somebody turned heel like friend of the show rick martell like when he went from like good guy to the model it was like black and white it was like obvious but i love this like where like kenny omega hasn't fully gone over yet and he's like uh, going over to the dark side yet and he still has these flashes of like you know he's trying to like shake hands and all that but it comes across as super condescending and like the way his commentary was when he was like complimenting um uh hangman page but it just came across as just like obnoxious i I love what they're doing with him it's not beat you over the head that he's turning bad and maybe he still won't oh he probably will but no i just love it i love the storytelling and it's just it's gradual and it's it's perfect that way
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and this was kind of a big moment for sunny kiss too because when are you ever going to wrestle on prime time television kenny omega you know, yeah. Who knows if he'll ever wrestle singles just one on one with Kenny? I mean, even if he did get a V trigger and a one winged angel, I'd be like, that's the highlight of my career.
1: Yeah, I know. I think yeah, I think guys like Sonny Kiss they spent so much time on Dark, and now that now mm-hmm. that he's been probably more often than not the last couple months on the main roster, as it were, that's good yeah. good for him. I think I think he's he's made the most of his time, with the exception of that Miro match that just was kind of cruddy a couple weeks ago. I think um right. I think I don't know. I am a big fan of Sonny Kiss.
2: Me too. He'll have his day. They love him there. Dusty
1: Rhodes loves him. Mm-hmm. Loves him. Trains Dusty him Rhodes does he's he's yeah. passed away. Like Mike oh, excuse is speaking me, Dustin like he's Rhodes. Dustin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for those of you <laughs> who don't
0: know Mike's wearing a bandana which means he can speak with the spirits.
1: Oh I got it. This is true. Hard times
2: you don't know what hard time thought daddy
1: so, so sorry can i do a tangent like like so if, if any if you guys want to be amused watch when speaking of dusty roads going over to the wwe with the polka dots they were doing vignettes of him as the common man before he wrestled and the funniest damn thing is he's like a meat grocer or like a butcher or something in one of them and he says something like you can beat my prices, but you can't beat my meat. And, like, you know, for, for that era of WWE, it was like, whoa, did he just say that? And it's like, I might have gotten that slightly wrong, but the whole you can't beat my meat was just, uh, oh, watch it. Go find it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I need to Google this after the podcast.
2: And speaking of somebody that uh, got their meat beat, Colt Cabana lost to <laughs> Hangman Page. Uh, we kind of all saw that coming. But, yes. um, Did anything happen with Colt after that? I can't remember. Like, did the Dark Order, like, disown him yet? Or, like, when's that going to happen? When are they going to throw him
1: out? They're slow burning that.
0: Yeah, not soon enough, in my opinion. I mean, (laughs) AEW does a great job slow burning all their storylines. I think that's what makes it so engaging when you watch it. At the same time, and I've been pretty vocal about this since the early days of this podcast, meaning, like, two months ago. But Colt (laughs) Cabana just doesn't do it for me. Uh, he had a match with Brody Lee a couple months ago. That's kind of when I first started to voice this sentiment. I still stick to it today. Um, so, but to answer your question, Mike, I think at the end of this match, if I remember correctly, so Colt Cabana loses the match. The Dark Order does come out. Um, there's clearly some disappointment from them over Colt losing the match. I don't think they formally threw him out of the Dark Order, though. Uh, they're still gonna keep burning the storyline along. Um, as far as the match itself goes though obviously hangman page is amazing in the ring um i thought this was a solid match I, we, I think we kind of expected it to be a solid match there was some kind of rough moments a little little bumpy mostly just colt cabana trying to move around the ring and i hadn't really noticed it but i think he's kind of getting up there in age too which may explain
1: just some of the movies. Yeah, yeah i think he's about he might even be 40 at this point yeah when he yeah.
2: jumped off the apron out out to the floor. Do you remember that when he like tried to do like a, a splash? Oh my God.
0: Yeah. So there was a moment in this match where, well, well there was two bumps, uh, one more entertaining than the other. I guess that depends on which one you think though. So, so the first pump uh, was Hangman Page doing a front flip off the top rope, hit it landing on his back on the apron, bouncing off onto the floor. It was a brutal spot. Um, that definitely got my attention for the remainder of the match. If it didn't already have it. But then the second bump uh, was right after that. So Hangman's laying on the floor after taking this brutal bump off the apron. And Colt Cabana decides, oh, I'm going to go for a splash off the apron onto the floor. And I actually reenacted this spot uh, (laughs) in Mike's basement after Colt Cabana did it, just because I thought it was so ridiculous. And not to put myself over yet again, but I think I did this splash better on Mike's basement floor on nobody, but basically I'd Cole say. Cabana comes off the apron, lands on his knees, and just kind of rolls across Hangman Page. It, I, I've see, definitely seen better splashes. So, yeah.
1: He has 40, by the way.
0: Yeah. And, and nothing and that's nothing against him. I mean AJ Styles no. is in his early 40s now. Older he, than that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's and he's wrestled some of the best matches in WWE. Yes, So, I agree. so I, I'm sure Cole Cabana can do it. Um at the same time, you know, it, in the back of his mind, I'm sure he knows he's jobbing out to Hangman Page. So yeah. Well, I guess we'll continue to keep an eye on him, see where it goes. And speaking
2: of better splashes, holy shit was that Ray Phoenix Penta match awesome, boys. Oh, yes, Lucha Bros had we knew it would be outstanding match. Uh, yes, we did know it It would be, it was probably the most clean match I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I was telling Matt when we were watching it together, just the form, the technique was flawless. You could tell that they've been, you know, wrestling with each other, you know, forever. They know yeah. where they sleep, are in they the ring yeah. at all times. Yeah, they understand each other's pace. They under know they understand where they're they need to be in the ring for these <clears> spots. <throat> and I don't know. I some of the listeners may or may not know. I'm a huge, huge hockey fan. It was almost like mm-hmm. watching Daniel and Henrik Sadine, the Sedine twins, uh from the Vancouver Canucks. They just retired. Had a crazy, crazy career. Same kind of thing. They always knew where each other were on the ice doing these no look passes. Basically, you know, being twins, you just have like this other connection. They're not twins, but these uh, guys are brothers. We did hear Lucha Bro's intro music twice, which we were kind of foreshadowing last episode. So that was fun. But man, just everything about that match was so clean. What was the outcome? I can't even remember. I didn't even care. I, yeah. I think it was Phoenix, uh,
1: right?
0: Ray yep. Phoenix
2: won? It was Ray? Oh, good.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yep, so Ray Phoenix won the match. Um, I just saw something on Instagram earlier today, though, that the next round match, so it was supposed to be Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega, but now it's Pentagon versus Kenny Omega, even though he lost in the first round. I'm not sure. I I just happened to glance over it as I was scrolling through Instagram. I'll have to follow up and we'll we'll check back on it. But yeah, I think this week on Dynamite we're gonna see Pentagon and Kenny Omega, which either way, whether it was Phoenix or Pentagon, it's gonna be an amazing match. So I'm really looking forward to it.
2: I guess that's one way to get both of them over. I mean have Ray win the match and have to advance. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) yeah. Okay. I'm good with it. That. Like I said, either way, I didn't even care who won. I knew it no, was going to be a great awesome. match and, and they delivered for sure.
0: Yeah. So one thing I just want to add here, um, cause we give a lot of praise to AEW and rightfully so they book everything really well. Um, there are a couple holes I'm seeing in this tournament. So there's three things specifically I've noticed throughout the course of this tournament that I think are kind of not in true AEW style. So the first thing is, Uh, When the bracket was first created, and I think we talked about this a little bit on last week's episode, but I feel like AEW didn't really adhere to their rankings policy when they put this bracket together. Because you have guys like Joey Janela, who's not even close to being in the top five, somehow making it into the bracket. You have guys like Brian Cage and Lance Archer. Now granted, Lance Archer was just in the world title picture. So not having him in this tournament, I totally get it. Not having Brian Cage in this tournament though to me just yeah. seems a little odd. I know that he also had a match with John Moxley somewhat recently. Or so, Darby Allen. Right. There's yeah, so exactly. many names Ricky know Starks. The I know. Ricky Even Starks, yeah. Ricky Starks
2: would be amazing.
0: Exactly. So so the way this bracket was constructed I feel like was more to create it, it it's kind of serves both purposes, right? It's to serve the rankings but it's also to serve putting some really high quality matches on Dynamite which this company has done so many great things. Obviously, yeah. something that specific I can definitely overlook. Yeah. Um, but then I would say the second thing is substituting Joey Janella for Sunny Kiss in the tournament. So, because again, if you want to put folks who are in the top of the rankings in the tournament, you know, how does Sunny Kiss come into play? Now I get that he and Joey Janela are tag team partners. So, you know, who's the first person you think of? Probably Sunny Kiss. But again, if you're thinking of this as a more of a sports-based promotion than a entertainment-based promotion. I-, I just thought that was kind of a strange pick, right? The
1: only, yeah, I agree I agree with you completely, but the only maybe one benefit of the doubt I'll give with the Kenny Omega spot is that, you know, if they put a Darby Allen or something like that in, you know, and they were going all along with the two move squash, maybe, you know, maybe it was for the best, but still, True. it doesn't argue the logic that you just laid out that like, why would, you know, realistically, why would you put people in that like basically haven't won singles matches in a world title tournament?
0: Right. Totally. Yeah. And, and the third thing, and this is the last one. Um, You know, I just mentioned a minute ago, Pentagon is now facing Kenny Omega in round two of this tournament. So, I, and again, I don't know if something happened to Ray Phoenix. There was a spot in the match last week, actually, between Phoenix and Pentagon, where Phoenix took a spill off the top rope and sort of landed a pretty much straight upside down. It was not a good fall. And you could kind of tell because as he was getting, getting up off the mat, um, he, he just didn't seem quite right. The next few moves and the following sequence were a little strange. Um, but he ended up kind of pulling it together, getting back into the match, and they finished strong. So, I you know it could be an injury, in which case I think you know, it is.
1: I totally. I'm didn't. just looking while you were talking. I was just looking it up, and they said it was reportedly due to Phoenix falling on his head during the opening round bout against his brother. Okay, um, dang. and that they, he informed everybody he's fine, but they made the call just to be safe. And okay. it's all been re- pre-recorded, so you know they kind of they probably had to make that call quickly. It's not like he had a week to recover. Exactly. Yep.
0: Yeah. So so that being said, actually that third item. Um, I think that's just a great example of AEW taking something bad and spinning it into a positive, right? Like, cause yeah. they're doing two things there. They're giving Phoenix time to recover and being overly conservative with his safety, which is really cool to see from a wrestling promotion. And at the same time we get to see Kenny Omega and Pentagon on dynamite. Like how cool is that?
1: Do you, do you think there's any chance, I guess, I guess we're, let's delve into a like mini prediction here. Is that going to be an awesome, awesome match or is Kenny going to squash him?
0: Oh, man. I
2: think question. they'll give them 20 minutes. I think I they'll think have a good match, yeah. You know, it would be freaking awesome if they, like, let off the show with it and gave them 20 yes. minutes uninterrupted. That's instead a great of doing the picture-in-picture, picture, you know? I mean, I like the picture-in-picture, picture, but give them 20 minutes uninterrupted, make a statement. Plus, you're going I, up against Halloween Havoc on NXT. It's <laughs> yeah. supposed to be, I don't yeah. know,
0: whatever. Spin the wheel, make a deal.
1: <laughs> I do so, like that they're bringing that back. That was so freaking corny when WCW did it. Yeah, the set was
2: amazing, like with the like cemetery and, and like the, big you know, face the, and the, yeah, yeah. That freaking that that uh, logo, the, or with the guy. You know, was he a goblin? Was he like uh, was like
1: some sort of ghoul? Let's go with ghoul.
2: Yeah, you don't even know what the hell he was, but you know, no, you definitely knew but, it was but Halloween. He, but, but he gave you
1: nightmares. I mean, he was horrifying. Yeah.
2: It's freaking um,
1: havoc, man. Um, if you ever listen to Bischoff's uh, podcast, I mean, they talk about how, um, Halloween Havoc as the years went on, emerged as perhaps the most important pay-per-view of WCW. I mean, it was really yeah. one of their biggest ones and they had some Always huge memories there like DDP yep. Savage. That was like a great feud and they called Eddie Guerrero, there, Rey yeah. Mysterio. Yeah. That so, was their uh, best match. I think it's cool. They're bringing it back. Yeah. And I think you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to back you on that. I bet you that, I think you're right. I think they're going to start with uh, that match on uh, AEW tomorrow. I think, it, or two days. It'll be um, tomorrow for those listening when this is published. Um, well, you know I how think, I,
2: pi- yeah. You know how I can pick the opening matches. Wardlow over Jungle Boy was the opening match. I mean, shit, boys. Just uh, put all your money on Mike Bait. <laughs> uh, how okay. they
1: start off the show. Yeah. Noted. And when cool. Wardlow wins the world championship, I mean, man, you've heard oh it my here. Oh, Yeah.
2: I'm going to be celebrating in the streets. Yes. Lighting fireworks off. Everybody's going to know that Mike Bate loves Wardlow.
1: People are going to look at their windows and be one of two things. It's a protest or Wardlow won the world title.
2: <laughs> True that. <laughs> you know what I'm not protesting, though, is an MJF jericho musical number holy oh my goodness oh my
1: god that's very controversial oh
2: man i get it i get why it would be controversial but those two it felt like dean martin and sinatra man
1: just having their
2: own parody show doing it it's entertainment and that's what it is jericho doesn't give a shit mjf is just you know he he can do whatever he wants and he will do whatever he wants and he will continue to do whatever he wants so you know, it's it seemed like almost like um, you know how Family Guy, how they have those extended musical things out of nowhere for like ten minutes. Brian and uh, Stewie have their thing. That's what it kind of felt like, and I I just thought it was so damn entertaining. They brought yeah. in the dancers, and they're they using the set, um, the lounge. I I thought it was great. I was just like, what the hell am I watching? But yeah, my god, I'm glad way. this exists. Yeah. I,
0: I I had finished off, I think, the second of two very tall glasses of whiskey at this point. So I'm kind of sitting there with, you know, kind of that dead stare that you see people at a bar sitting with just kind of like, what is this guy over here looking at? So I'm looking at the TV while this segment is unfolding in front of me. And the first thing that pops into my head is, wait, are we still watching the same show? Like, what is happening right now? And there's very few things in pro wrestling ever that I can remember that have made me laugh out loud, genuinely like like hard to the point where I'm I'm really laughing. Not just a little chuckle, but like genuine laughter and joy. Right. And this segment did that and it did not stop. It lasted quite a while, all the way to the all the way to the very end of it, I think I was laughing yeah. the whole time. But like just so entertaining. Um, I, like Mike, like a lot of people out there. I can totally understand how some people might not have liked this segment. Like, It's it's so different and so far out there from anything else that I've ever seen in pro wrestling. But at the same time, it totally works on multiple levels. You have Chris Jericho and MJF, these two just complete tools who (laughs) want nothing more than to one-up each other and undermine each other at every chance they get. And they do that when they're trying to order their steaks and be more and more rare or bloody the more that they order it and change their order. Um, And then all of a sudden you have the two of them bust out into song and dance. What really got me by surprise in this segment was it took me a minute to realize it, but I did not realize that was MJF's actual voice singing until maybe a minute or two into the segment. Um, And Mike, you actually kind of made me realize that mjf was a singer when he was younger as well oh it? he
2: want he wanted to be an opera singer he was on the rosie o'donnell show wow and he, he's like i want to be an opera singer when i grew up or a professional wrestler well guess what he got to do both. both so
1: yeah how uh, great rosie is that?
2: o'donnell gave him that rub not literally right. hopefully but um yeah, letter style you're right so, <laughs> exactly
0: so without but rosie it, O'Donnell we would never have had the steak dinner debonair so
1: yeah thank you rosie Uh, yes friend of the show she's (laughs) a loyal listener
0: (laughs) oh rosie
2: anyway (laughs) god that was fun though good stuff yeah you
1: know i yeah i know like the the purists the douche canoes like uh jim coronet like probably just scoffed at that oh yeah you gotta have your fun i mean it can't all be who cares there's a line like you can do those things once in a while and they're perfectly fine like if they did that every week obviously it'd be lame or if they just yeah it's like the uh the cinematic matches you know well again cool when they started then they were overdone but this was in its moment in time great
2: when we were talking about greatest announcers, how Bobby the Brain Heenan went out with Gorilla just out into a set and just kind of yeah. you know yeah. wheels it around. I mean, what was wrong with it back then? Why right. not bring that back? And Nobody that's would honestly that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of I, I think there's, you know, older, you know, wrestling fans that just kinda wanna feel a little more old school and AEW does pay tribute to it and yep. I don't know. I don't really care what anybody else thinks because it's just kind of like it's an opinion. You either like it or you don't. You just move on. It did kind of further their story, how they're friends, but still competitive. You know they're going to turn on each other and they're going to have uh, a match. Yeah. So at, at the end of the day, why even stress about it? Just enjoy it or just change the channel. Yeah,
1: yeah. don't take life too seriously, man. Totally. I, Steve, I
0: agree 100% with you. Like, it, the, There's definitely things. There's, there is a line, right? Um, this segment was definitely the closest thing to the line that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And I could not tell you what side of the line it was on. Um, Dave Meltzer, I think, actually said it probably better than anyone else I've heard. He The next day, he was on Wrestling Observer Radio talking about this segment. And basically, the way he broke it down was nobody else could have done this except for Chris Jericho and MJF because That's right. who they are, their backgrounds... And the fact that they were able to somehow, even though it was very loosely tied to it, it it still somehow advanced the storyline of sort of Chris Jericho courting MJF to be in the inner circle, right? Like, Mm -hmm. still accomplished that goal. As strange as it seems and as weird as this segment was and how it unfolded, it did all those things and it was still entertaining.
2: Yeah. And that's what it's all about. I mean, we've had a shitty year with a lot of crap in it. I mean, even like soldiers that are off at war, they had people come in and entertain them. That's what I right. feel like at this stay-at-home right now. Entertain me, goddammit. And no, they did. Mission accomplished. Yes, they did. It was not hell, but we did have hell in the cell on Sunday. And there was a lot of great matches in this um, uh, pay-per-view. Uh, the first one was, who? okay, which UCL was it, just so I don't.
0: It was Jay. Jay Uso.
2: Let, me, let me flip a coin It was Jay? Okay, cool Yeah. yeah. Versus Jimmy Roman did Reigns Yes, 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 he did Yes. So if you didn't see this match Great match to lead off with I really, really wish that um, Jimmy called him The tribal leader Called Roman the tribal leader uh, Way earlier so they would avoid all this violence And maybe uh, Stop this family feuding It's just so I, sad It breaks your heart God damn it, it does. I'm just like, just call the tribal leader. Please.
0: Oh, we, we can't have fighting on a wrestling show, damn it. Yeah.
2: I don't know, right? Well, and I kind of wish, like, they would become a family. Because how cool would it be kind of like, you know, how the nation a of domination had their thing? Like a faction of Samoans. Yeah. Hello. That's what I was
1: hoping for. Yeah, and it's still Bring might happen. Bring the Rock but back yeah. at
2: WrestleMania. You know, they do, like, those, what are those called? Those hakas and, like, at they could do so much with it. Like you could have Tamina come in there. You can bring yeah. Rikishi back.
1: Uh is part of the family. Naya,
2: exactly. I was like, come on, just do it. But anyway, I it, it was a great match. Uh, Roman w- Reigns did win. Um, it was pretty violent. There was a lot of big spots in this match. It was
1: uncomfortably violent. Mm-hmm.
2: A little bit, big time. And a lot of um, violence that we haven't seen before. At one point... Jimmy's head was between the post and the steel stairs and Roman took a run at it. And I thought he would get out of the way, but Nope. I thought his head was going to crack like a walnut. Um, that was, that was pretty messed up. And, yeah. um, remember when I, when we were talking in our earlier episode, so I thought maybe Roman Ranz is trying to get to Hollywood when he got those new set of, um, veneers and how he might be going Hollywood. This, this could be, like, part of his reel his, for his auditions, squeezing out these tears, you know, having this uh, family good. war-torn. Mm-hmm. Hell in a cell. I mean, he's going to be right behind Dave Bautista in the box office um, getting paid soon. I really he, think in two years, Roman Reigns, he's at least going to be in a video
1: game, not wrestling-related. Mm-hmm. The looks he's is going to be – He's a damn handsome man. He's there. He's ready. You know, I mean, if – oh go ahead no
2: i was just gonna say i mean how he's just trying to cry on like why why are they having him do all this if he if he isn't trying to get into an acting career like into movies why would it be this dramatic
1: i feel like um this is some of the best storytelling like we're we're very Mm -hmm. critical of wwe here especially when charlie's guest starring and Mm -hmm. um I feel like this is just some of the more out-of-the-box, like, really good storyline writing here for WWE. Like, and Afan Sika coming out at the end. It was, like, it was just super cool. And I feel it's just... And, again, it's that whole thing, like, we're talking about Kenny Omega. It's not overt heeldom. It's not like he's, like, you know, cackling and acting like a madman. It's like this, you know, he had the, the tears made it, like... Like, where he's just not merciless. And it just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. If I had to guess, I think all of this is heading towards Reigns the Rock. But, Mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, yeah, I don't know where this is headed. But it's the most interesting Roman's been since the early Shield days.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, This was probably. I agree with both you guys. This was a really violent match, but what was interesting was there wasn't really a lot of bumps in it for it being as violent as it was like the bumps that these two did take every one of them mattered. And that's what was so cool about this match. Like even J Uso doing a splash off the top rope felt like such a big moment in this match where when you see it on Monday night raw, it's just a transition to the next move in a mm-hmm. match that you'll forget five minutes later. Um, the other thing I'll say about this match, so this was a hell in a cell match, even though it was an I quit match. And I feel like the cell did a great job just creating the atmosphere of how right. brutal and violent these matches typically are, right? Because at the last pay per view, we saw Roman and Jay Uso go head to head, and it was a great match. Same level of storytelling in that match. So somehow they had to one up it a little bit. And I think the hell in a cell did a good job kind of setting the stage for that. The other thing Part of this match that really got me and got me even more excited about this program was when roman starts crying and he just eventually is just sobbing and it almost seems believable like you know watching it you're kind of like wow is this is this a shoot or is there some level of truth to this like what is this but after that you see him take out both the usos and then he stands up and just gets this dead-eyed, dead serious look on his face. Like, oh, I was crying. I'm never doing that again. And like, he just took another step to a whole nother level of just being this menacing, evil heel. Yeah, just it's so amazing, great. Amazing. And he yeah. doesn't
2: even really, really need a lot of Paul Heyman's help to do this at all. Usually Paul no. Heyman's is the one that provides the, the uh, dramatics in these high-level matches, Roman's carrying him himself. And I think Paul Heyman sees
1: that and he's like, you don't need me, but I'm here for you if you do. Yeah. It's still, it's a nice pairing, but it, but it's not like the Brock. It's -hmm. different. It's unique, which is perfect. Yeah. It's almost
0: like they went the opposite direction where, when you see Paul Heyman standing outside the ring and he's reacting, it's almost like he's got this look on his face, like, Oh no, please. No. What, what am I doing? Like, what have have I I done? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is almost just adds a whole nother layer to this story. Just by him standing there looking shocked, like basically he's representing how you would feel in that situation.
1: Yeah, It's easy to shit on WWE like these days, but not for that story. It's great.
2: And, Matt, you mentioned layers. Speaking of layers, Otis defended his Money in the Bank uh, briefcase against The Miz. And, boy, oh, boy, boys, I thought this match was going to be kind of crummy. And it kind of was. I mean, it was kind of everything you thought Otis versus The Miz match would be. You know, they would talk about his weight and um, how dumb Otis is, and they did all that. (laughs) At one point, they did uh, say – uh, with his body stature, he probably has sleep apnea. That was a new one. That did get me laughing pretty hard. It was kind of funny. But um, the big news of this match: Tucker turns on Otis, hitting Otis for the money in the uh, with the money in the bank briefcase, knocking him out. Miz taking advantage, pitting Otis. The Miz is now the money in the bank uh, carrier and can cash it in for the universal or the world heavyweight title. So. A uh, lot of dramatics. I was kind of wondering when uh, it, it looked like Tucker has been written out of the WWE. I was like, just fire him. Just let him go. Just do, let him, let him go off and try to do it. But now he's relevant again. I thought once Otis was with Mandy, Otis, or uh, Tucker would just kind of go off to the wayside and he's good. I mean, the last match that he had was in a uh, elimination chamber and he looked pretty good in there. So I thought he was kind of getting shit on, um, without any really good reason but he's back now we can see i mean this is just the classic tag team partner Mm. turns on the other partner because they you know they're popular jealousy exactly you knew it was coming but i thought maybe they were just gonna write him out turns out they're gonna give tucker a a little story here and i'm i'm here for it
0: yeah Yeah. I, i agree i think this match was Fine. It was very average, especially for a pay-per-view match. Um, There was a moment early on in the match where John Morrison is interfering a little bit, and you don't see Tucker help Otis at all, which I was actually sitting on the couch thinking, well, there's a gap in logic right there. Like, you're his partner. Why wouldn't you help him? no part of me saw the turn coming. And I feel like looking back on it, I went, oh, well, I guess I'm the idiot, but.
1: <laughs> well, um, it's good though. It's, yeah, it's but, good to be
0: surprised. Exactly. So yeah, it, it was kind of a an interesting surprise. Um, at first I was thinking kind of like you were, Mike, I, I feel like they'd written Tucker off television. So, you know, is this just a last ditch effort to get the most out of them that you can before you cut them loose? Uh, I don't know. But Then, after the match, we we get to the back, and I think Caleb Braxton is interviewing The Miz about his win, and now being the briefcase holder. Then we see Otis come back, and immediately after that, or I'm sorry, no, we see Tucker cut probably the best promo he's ever cut. So, that was really cool to see. It's kind of nice. He's sort of elevating himself just by, you know, making a heel turn, cutting a great promo. Mm -hmm. And then, a minute later, we see Otis come back, and the two start brawling immediately. (laughs) I love how quickly they escalated this. They didn't wait till next week. They cut to the chase. Like, if this were real, this is how it would have gone down. So hats off to WWE for taking what was a very average pay-per-view match. Kind of a weird, interesting sequence of events with Otis having to defend the briefcase. But spinning it into a really interesting storyline between him and Tucker. And then at the same time, you've got The Miz now holding the briefcase, which leads to a whole nother realm of possible cash ins, all kinds of things could happen.
1: Yeah. I, I wish I could be excited about that part, but I'm like the Miz to me is another case of like bad writing or something. I don't know. I think like his most recent high point was when he was on Talking Smack and like, you know, like got into that with Daniel Bryan, And they just have done nothing interesting with him since then. I think the and this maybe this is just me being negative, but uh him and Morrison just never did it for me. I think it was a underutilization of both of them. And now it's, he's kind of gone the Dolph Ziggler route and the Randy Orton route for me. It's just I'm just bored right. to death with the character. So it's like I'm sure he's gonna cash in. He might well ca- win the title at some point. But um, I guess I guess the positive to focus on in this match is the Tucker Otis should things should be fun. But I was kind of I was kind of into the. Uh, Who's Otis gonna cash in on? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I I guess I'll focus on the positive part, and that's the the team breaking up because this is with the cash in just does nothing for me.
2: Right, I know. I hate the Miz. I never get excited to uh, watch him wrestle. He's I boring. I just, I just hate his face too. I hate looking at him. Yeah. Some person though that I don't hate looking at is Sasha Banks though in the Hell in the Cell match versus Bailey wow looking good bailey looking a little uh little shot out a little bit now i mean she's been a little bit but wow sasha brought it with that white outfit and uh, she brought it also inside the hell uh, inside the cell it truly was hell and vicious um, yeah former friends now rival enemies um pretty good spots in this match they're really I mean are they is there like a surplus on kendo sticks in the WWE that they just like <laughs> found a box in the warehouse up on like when they did the edge versus Orton um you know backlot whatever match at WrestleMania they're like holy shit we got uh, a thousand kendo sticks in this box Vince well we gotta use them everybody gets a kendo stick Damn it. So we saw a lot of kendo sticks. We saw a lot of weapons. Um, Sasha, Sasha Banks did end up beating Bailey, so she's now ended the three hundred and eighty-day title reign. Yeah. reign of Bailey. Good for Sasha. The blue uh, SmackDown belt matches her hair perfectly. I love it. And uh, but overall, I thought this match was pretty great. Did you guys yeah. catch this one? Yeah, yeah, I, it was, it was I great. agree
0: hundred percent. This was a. This was a great match. Um I, I if I were to criticize any pieces of it, I would give it two things. One is I think it was a little too long um and they tended to just spend a lot of time trying to build contraptions versus like yeah. it didn't really sell the blood feud that these two have built up on television over the last several. Right. Years. Um especially there was a there was a spot where Bailey tried Duct taping two kendo sticks together, and then it was so weird in the cage in the ring. um But it just didn't work. It just kind of sagged down in place, and and you could kind of see on her face. She kind of looked at the ref and shrugged, like like you could tell yeah. she was just pissed yeah. off. This didn't, this
1: didn't go the way it was supposed to. to.
0: I don't even know what
2: they were trying to do there. I was like, this is pointless. Yeah, and...
0: I'm not sure either. I I think. There, there was a spot earlier in the match where Sasha took a spill through a couple of just single kendo sticks that had been wedged between the cage and the ring. Um, and that was a pretty cool spot. It looked good. Um, and Sasha, I was genuinely worried that she'd hurt herself when she did mm. because you could see she barely missed the steps as she went through the two kendo sticks. So mm-hmm. thankfully she was okay. Um, but yeah, just in general, I would say this match was beyond those two criticisms. This was really good. There was a lot of really unique, innovative spots in it. Um things that you haven't really seen in a Hell in a Cell match before. It just didn't feel like it fit the typical recipe for hell, for a Hell in a Cell match beyond, you know, a lot of weapons, a lot of violence. So, yeah, right. this was a great match.
2: We'll see what they do with Bailey now. Hopefully they can just give her a more creative uh role without having the belts and Speaking of somebody not having the belt, the man with the worst music ever, I'm so glad um, we, might, we might not have to hear Drew McIntyre's screeching bagpipes music. I, I hate that music, guys. You know what I'm talking about where it's like
1: <laughs> – I do. It doesn't
2: bother me, but I, it's not great either. It's like the – it's like nails on the chalkboard. Uh hearing that music so i guess that's why i'm not like a huge fan of drew mcintyre but yeah this just seem this rivalry randy orton versus drew mcintyre is kind of like the covid combo um i mean they would put a belt on drew during covid they would put a belt on randy during covid because there's no people around to really boo it or squash it but
1: um yeah right, you know. Drew's title reign just never really got like what what was expected because he didn't get his wrestlemania moment it was awkward as shit beating rock like he conquered the beast to crickets and it just never yeah it just never took off the way it maybe could have with crowds
2: sometimes champs really don't even like having the belt for that long because they have to carry it from airport to airport hotel to hotel this guy just shows up to the you know the thunderdome with the belt you know he's not even working really hard he's it's not even a true rain like if nobody does a tree fall in the forest if or does the tree make (laughs) any sound if it falls in the forest is drew mcintyre really the champ if there's no crowd in the arena to see it like
1: come on wow hot take yeah I like deep. Drew McIntyre, but I can't argue a whole lot of this. But I will say this too: I agree with a lot of what you're saying. But it's like, shit! Do we really need another Randy Orton, fourteen-time champion? What the hell?
2: Well, again, yeah. since there's nobody in the crowd, it it delegitimizes it a little bit. But they're also being like, Randy, we need you to stick around. We're gonna put the you're gonna be the champion as you rightfully should. So I'd rather Rick no Flair
1: crowd, get so it so at it's this like, point. <laughs> What's that? I'd rather Ric Flair get another title run at this point. He would, might I'd, as well.
0: He would have yeah. to be the oldest oldest champion in history if he were to win it at this point.
1: Yeah, I know Johnny Saint, the British great, uh, wrestled into his seventies, but I don't know that he won a major title then. But uh, that's crazy. That's, that, that was a that was a deep one there. Yeah. <laughs> well, although for those of you watching modern times, he was the, when 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 NXT UK kicked off. was a year or two ago johnny saint was the commissioner so that was yeah
0: that's right that i did actually recognize the name and i know who you're talking (laughs) about only because of NXT uk yeah nice
2: well so we do have a new champion randy orton um so yeah cheers to randy way to go buddy i actually didn't even see the end of the match um i just knew the result and i was like i don't even like watching these guys wrestle anyway and i had dinner to make so i was like hey
1: way to go i just hope this doesn't drag that feud out even longer like so um i'm hearing some rumors about some legends coming back and i wonder if that's where they're going with this like there's talk that the undertaker might come back Mm. uh for survivor series or something like that there's Buzz more than a little buzz that Goldberg is going to make another run. Yes, so I yes. wonder if they're setting this up like that would be better placement for those guys to you know, I don't know, I don't really want to see either, but um, I don't know, Randy. And yet, as much as I don't like Randy Orton, he could pull respectable matches out of both of those guys, which not too many people can say.
0: Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, yeah, that's. That's an interesting thought. I, I also heard rumors that The Undertaker might be coming back because there's been a lot of advertising that this coming Survivor Series, so here just in a few weeks, actually, yeah, um, is going to be the 30th anniversary of the debut of The Undertaker. Because he so, debuted
1: at the Survivor Series, yep. right, Exactly.
0: Um, and, you know, earlier in the year, I think it was back in the spring, um, well, WrestleMania, when they had the Boneyard match, ever since then, um, WWE keeps teasing... A feud between The Undertaker and AJ Styles, which I would love to see um, at least a a second match between those two. I think the cinematic matches really help with The Undertaker, especially given physically. I don't know that I want to see another match with The Undertaker. Like, I just feel bad for him. Like, he puts himself through hell just to keep coming back and having these matches because he's chasing that perfect match. Dude, he's too loyal.
2: He's the old dog that just doesn't get off the fucking porch.
1: Well, like, yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's, like, the ultimate legend, and that, and that give, but that also, like, I get super frustrated, I listen to, like, uh, Busted Open and some of these podcasts, and that, and these are ex-wrestlers, or people in the industry, and they just go on about, oh, the under, I want to see him wrestle forever, it's like, do you? No, you Cause don't. he's not, most of his matches the last few years have not been good, I'm sorry, and I, you know, and I... <laughs> God, this is really makes me seem like an asshole, but I'm kind of sick of the old the, the ten minute intro too. It's like yes. I just—he is a legend, and he he deserves all the credit in the world. And and I, I I mean, nobody ever dreamt thirty years ago that that gimmick would have such longevity, and he deserves all well, his praise for that. But it's time. It's more than time. It's like Ric Flair, favorite wrestler, and the one of my all time favorite wrestlers. And at the end of it, with the exception of that Shawn Michaels match, which was legitimately awesome it just got to be sad like to see him wrestle and it's like the undertaker like has nothing else to prove so stop it
2: that intro is kind of like a nice new cadillac when it was you know mint condition now he's just driving a rusty cadillac
0: Man, you guys yes. are going to be drawing a lot of heat from our listeners. I, yeah. I could not disagree more. I could hear the Undertaker's entrance music for the rest of eternity, and it would be amazing. Well, the good, you're
1: you're in luck because you're going to. Yeah, well, and that's <laughs> and
0: that's something I'm very excited about, but also very terrified of. I I do want to keep hearing it. At the same time, though. You know, I have CDs and MP3s. I can listen to it whenever <laughs> I want. You have the
1: WWE Network.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I can rewatch the end of an era match, which, in my That's opinion, what I'm saying. Is one of the Undertaker's best matches. So, yeah, like, give him a rest. Let him do his thing. It's it's cool seeing the Last Ride and all these other documentaries and getting to know that side of him. Yeah, him leave do it that. at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because even now, if they did like, okay, if they do Randy Orton and Undertaker in a cinematic match. Like, okay, the, the, the cool. Undertaker the Undertaker AJ one was really ooh. good and really original, but now the if snake Undertaker has another one, even that's... oh the Snake Pit. Nice.
2: Instead of the Boneyard, the Snake Pit, the
1: Viper Pit. But you can't get Jake the Snake. Oh, come on, bring
2: the Legends back?
1: Yeah, but he's, oh. he's got a oh, job. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's AW. <laughs> you're right.
2: You're right. That would be tight. Yeah. I don't know. Well, everybody knows he's Mark now. I mean, all these documentaries, as cool as they are, it kind of loses his mystique anyway. And we know how hard, like how hurt he is, and how like yeah. how much it pains him. So why keep coming back to do it? I mean, they broke kayfabe
1: by these documentaries. Yeah, and that kind of takes the. Yeah, I remember somebody. I think it was Jim Ross or somebody like, and I, I think they said this six, five, six years ago. Was like, I don't ever want to see the Undertaker tweet. 'Cause it's like, you know, it's a little mystiques down a little bit. And not and that's not a rip on him, it just but it also kinda points to its time. I still I tell this story to people all the time. I'm forty six years old. So that tells you how old the story is. I remember sitting and reading the newspaper, my senior year of high school, the USA Today had an article about the Undertaker and it talked about how his knees were like, he had troubles getting up in the morning sometimes because his knees were so bad. It's like, Oh yeah. Do you realize how long ago that was? And the dude's still going. I mean that, that I give him all the credit in the world, but it's like, well, he was crap. doing like that box dude's gotta jumps. Be a wreck. Yeah.
2: He was doing like box jumps, like four foot box jumps at like age, whatever, 55 or whatever it was. So, I mean, yeah, the guys worked through a lot, but
1: you know, I, uh, just
2: I don't want to see a rusty undertaker just go out, just it. just go it's, out it's, like, on top don't yeah, fucking crumble yeah. you know mm-hmm. that's I agree. so and the,
1: sa- and the same thing as goldberg it's like well not the same thing because goldberg has <laughs> one eighth the talent that uh yeah we, d- and he looks great i mean for a 50 some year old dude dude look like body wise he looks damn near like he did in his prime but he's also shown his limitations like it's like that we really need to keep saying him too
0: mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree um not to change the subject, but as we were going over Hell in a Cell, uh, we have to give honorable mention to one other match that we didn't discuss, which was my new best friend, Elias, versus I know, we
2: forgot. Jeff yeah. Hardy.
0: Um, yeah. So, you know, I kind of alluded to this before. Um, so this cameo from Elias, dude, you're amazing. Um, yeah, that guitar shot in the back, I, I got to give you props, man. I could not take that myself. Now, granted, you were a little rough on me on the cameo, so... I'm not saying you had it coming. I'm just saying, you know, karma's a real thing. But, dude, you you definitely took one for the team, taking that guitar shot to the back from Jeff Hardy. So, great work. Hopefully that escalates the feud between you guys and we see something cool come out of it.
1: I don't know. After listening listening to Elias' video, I think, you know, maybe you're the heel here, Matt.
0: You know, it's all about perspective. It's 2020, man. It's not so clear anymore. I don't know. I'm
1: still walking with
2: Elias.
0: Yeah,
2: I'll walk forever with Elias. He was, he was, he had some uh, savagery on um, Jeff with his song in the beginning. You yeah. Know, with the DUIs and the booze. I was like, holy shit.
1: Yeah, they, they go there. They go there a lot with Jeff Hardy. Like to I the know point it's like, kind of sad. I don't really know what I think of that. It's like I, I guess I kind of don't like it. I think, I, no. I okay. I mean, if he's okay with it, I guess there's something to be said for it. But well, I don't know. Again, I never like when they bring the real, real substance abuse stuff in.
2: Well, the show is supposed to be for the kids now. They got rid of like you know the blood and the chairs and the you know yeah. the boobs and the whatnot. I mean, if you're br- just bringing the <laughs> up all the dark stuff about Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. it's just like
1: who's yeah. this for? Yeah. So. It only it only really that story only works for me if Jeff Hardy comes out on top, but it seems like he doesn't in a lot of these things. Like, I think if the lesson is, like, he overcame his demons, he's the good guy, and, like, but but I feel like they don't do that with him a lot. I think they're just making a... They're putting a microscope on it.
2: Well, and then how he beat Elias was... Or, or, I mean, no, he got hit over the back with a guitar, right? Jeff Hardy did? No, Elias did.
1: No, yeah, no, he grabbed... Yeah, he grabbed the guitar. So Elias went for it or whatever, but then, like Uh, hardy used
2: that's how you that's how you get kicked out of a bar is when you're drunk and you pick up a guitar and you hit somebody over the back with it i mean is that how it it's almost yeah the only way the only way you get kicked out of a bar so it's not setting a good example for the youth
1: no no
2: no well they shouldn't be
1: in a bar anyway during covid true that mask up
2: well, I think that was a lot of fun, boys. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for t- tuning in to Keep the Kayfabe this week. Uh, tune in next week for another great episode, but also follow us on Instagram at Keep the Kayfabe. Look for the cameo from
1: Elias to Matt. And There's also some great posts about uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, some pictures of him. And, uh, yeah, and close personal friend of the show, Greg. Yeah. Love you, Greg. Alright boys, well I
2: hope you have a great evening And have a great rest of your
0: week Woo I
2: got new <laughs> <been long> places <laughs> Where the whiskey drowns And the beer is My blues away And I'll be okay I'm not big on social graces Think i slip on down
0: Oh, i